Coming up, should the Angels trade Otani right now? And favorite first half storylines, breaking it down with Sully Baseball and Javier Reyes next. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks, your first listen every day. Would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. As I mentioned, we're talking to Sully Baseball about Otani, talking to Javier Reyes about first half storylines, and a whole lot more. So let's jump right into it. Hey, um, let's uh, last segment we're talking about. We're here with Miller Thomas. I'm your pal Sully. I'm still negative. Thank you so much, everyone, for um, some of the nice notes that I got via Twitter and then Instagram. And thank you, everyone, for social distancing for me today. Um, the Angels in early June were a playoff team. In the middle of May, they were 11 games over 500. Over 500. And here we are, two months later, they're barely a 400 team. And we went from, oh my God, Joe Madden's magic. They've got the no hitter early in the year. Everything's working great. Finally, we're going to have an October with Trout and Otani to not only are they not playoff teams, I believe, you know, the rumors are they're going to be looking at maybe trading Otani. I think we've gone beyond the maybe part. They have to trade Otani before August. Before what? For this reason. What? Tell me why. I'll tell you why. Um, Otani is going to leave after next year. He can be a free agent after next year. Why would he stay? He's an incredibly valuable player, an incredibly valuable piece to a good team where he's an excellent hitter and an excellent pitcher. The Angels are a team in a desperate need for a rebuild. Sorry, everyone, they are. This is a terrible team. This team stinks with a capital stinks. And if they let Otani walk, that's a disaster. Yes, it's a disaster to have Otani traded now to the season ticket holders, but guess what's even worse? watching him walk away in a couple of years and getting nothing in return. Now, a few years ago, Baltimore had a great trade chip in Manny Machado, an MVP candidate in his prime. And instead of trading him in the 2017 season, when the team that could have acquired him would have had a season and a half of control and therefore they'd be able to get a better haul from they waited until the middle of the 2018 season when whoever they traded for would only get half a season with him and the haul they got back from was lacking mm-hmm. and they and they whiffed 
And right now, if you trade Otani, you get an all-star caliber pitcher and an all-star caliber hitter for the pennant stretch of this year and all of next year. He has no loyalty to this team like Mike Trout does as he was brought up to the system. Mike Trout wants to be the greatest angel of all time. Newsflash, he already is. And he wants to, if he wants to win a title, he wants to be the person to deliver it to Anaheim. All right. Otani doesn't have that connection. Otani's uh, what I'm doing in New York, I'm doing it in Chicago, I'm doing it in San Francisco. I don't care. And so the Angels have to trade him and get at least two significant pieces to put in their rebuild. That by the time they're a playoff team, say, hey, look at that pitcher and that starting second baseman or who they got in the Otani trade or whatever. Because if they wait, he'll either walk and they'll get nothing or they'll get a smaller package. But either way, the Angels are in a position right now because they didn't put a mediocre team around Trout and Otani. This is the price you have to pay. You don't get to keep them. And so, boom. If you think he's going to walk in free agency, then you trade him earlier because, like you said, you'll get the better package. If you think you're not going to pay Otani, then for the same reasons you trade him earlier. But is it guaranteed he's going to leave in free agency? Because I'm not too sure that is possible. You say he doesn't have the connection like Mike Trout. Well, I believe anybody can have a connection to any city if you're going to offer them the bag. And Shohei Otani, once he's on the open market, if the Angels are willing to go up to $500 million over an eight-year period, I don't think Otani cares about the winning part or anything because guess what? Most dudes in baseball do not care. Most dudes in baseball just go to where the bag is. We saw it with Carlos Correa just go to Minnesota. We saw it with Eric Hosmer years ago when he went to the Padres before before they were even good baseball players do not care about market size they do not care about winning most of that stuff does not matter they care about where am i going to get my financial security who's going to give me the most amount of years for the most amount of money i believe that's the bottom line when it comes to baseball contracts and so the angels are willing to pony up eight to ten years of maybe a half billion dollars for otani he'll spend the next eight years withering away in los angeles and keep not making the postseason i don't think he would really care that much i mean he he probably would care but i don't think he would leave the angels for better opportunity if the Angels are willing to pay him more money than anybody else. So at the end of the day, Angels, if you want to keep Otani, you're going to have to pony up the bag. Otherwise, if you don't want to pay him or you think he's actually going to leave in free agency, if he is that kind of guy, because I respect Otani even more if he is that kind of guy. If he's like, hey, I don't want your money, Angels. You guys suck. I've seen what Mike Trout has done for you guys. He's been the best player of all time, basically, through the first 10 years of his career. And he wants to re-sign with you guys for the next 10 years. And it's led to nothing. So I'm not going to do that. I'm actually going to take a pay cut and go somewhere else. I would respect that so much from Otani, but I've never seen a baseball player do it. So I don't think Otani is going to be the first. I think I think if he, he's going to get paid no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think he is... I think if the Angels are in a rebuild to shove like $2 billion onto two players, we see that doesn't work. No. You need to put some of the talent around the board. And I think that his value, now maybe maybe if the Angels want to pony up that money, maybe you see if if he hits free agency, you bring him back. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, they need to rebuild this team and they have an unbelievable trade ship and the value of this trade ship could go down if they wait. Yeah. I'm actually and trying to look at like uh, the angels attendance rankings to see if I could even make an argument that he keeps them 
high in attendance, but I can't even find the Angels right now. Um, the Angels are flush with money. It's not a money thing with the Angels. It's a talent thing. And part of me thinks it's an organizational thing. They've had Mike Trout there. Uh, Mike Trout broke in during Obama's first term. Okay. Okay. All right. He's not a rookie. He's been around a bit. They've had time to build a team around him. And they haven't. And so now they have to. Well, yeah, I've, uh, I, I talked about some of this with Javi on a podcast recently. Like they've like tried to go out there and spend money. It just all the players that they choose to spend money on just have been big whiffs when you go back to the Albert Pujols and the Josh Hamiltons and the CJ Wilsons. Or if you, even if you look recently to the Anthony Rendon's of the world, who's going to miss back to back seasons with um, injuries. And he's getting paid like thirty five million a year. Like Anthony Rendon's on one of the biggest contracts in baseball. And that looks like a complete bust right now. We're on the front half of that contract. Wait till we get to the back half of that deal. So right now it's like, yeah, the Angels haven't been able to build a team, but they, they've at least tried to spend money. They just have been doing on position players when they really, they need some more pitchers in there. Pitching. Yeah. And do you think they've had a decade to develop pitching. Yeah. It's, and it doesn't always have to be signing free agents. You can, you know, that draft that just happened, you could actually draft players and build a team. Yeah. They, and here we are talking away, talking about dumping Shohei Otani. Now, if you're the Angels, or is there any world where you just do Otani for Soto straight up and you're like, we'll just trade one headache for another? Why would Soto be signed with that team? I See, I think, I, I think I think that's interesting. Yeah, it would be. But do you know what? Neither can pitch. They can't look at it. Yeah, no, it just it doesn't make any sense. But what kind of package would you even get back for Otani? I just feel like it would be untenable. That's the reason I wouldn't trade Otani because I feel like there's nothing I could get back that would equal a value of a guy that could be a Cy Young. Yeah, so it's like I, be, but the only, but the only way you're going to get close to a worthwhile package is to trade him now, where they'd get a season and a half of Otani. Um, there's no way you're going to get a player back like Otani, but maybe you can get several good players back. Maybe that's one thing they need to do. They need to start putting good players around that team. Yeah. You and know? I think I'm getting more than just blue. Like I need dudes who I've actually seen on the major league level. Yeah. All-star stuff. Like if I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm like, if I'm going to like the Mariners or something, like I'm asking for Julio and a top prospect or something. Like I'm asking for someone who maybe not Julio level guy, but at least someone who I've already seen on the major league level be pretty good. Maybe like a nasty, uh, like a nasty Nestor Cortez and some other pieces as well. Like I need, I need something tangible that I know can work on the major league level and not just yeah. a bunch of swings. Um, and, you know, trying to take home runs out there. What's been your favorite storyline from the first half? Javi and I are going to discuss, but I first need to tell you the best place to buy some fine jewelry because right now at BlueNile.com, they got a great, fantastic deal for you because whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Now has simple online tools that let you choose the size, shape, clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Now has been jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile had jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is 
insured. Ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free. Find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Without further ado, we got Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres on the pod because I'm currently on vacationing probably at the time of you guys listening to we. So we had to bank a couple episodes and the best person to bring on when we're doing crossovers and you just need to fill that time when you got to hit that word count for an essay. There's no man better to bring on to a pod than Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. Sir, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I am living. Baseball is back. We had a little bit of an all-star break. I had a break myself. I'm also almost at the time of people listening to this on a vacation of my own, dare I say. So, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm going to the lovely land of 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 new york city you know what okay I mean? <laughs> but uh no there uh and, and a couple other things that i'll be doing so i'll be busy but yeah I'm, I'm really excited and by now when people are listening to this i will be enjoying the padres at mets game so that should be a whole lot of uh fun in new and, york yeah, just baseball's back in the new york area that is correct in the new york area wow that's gonna be a pretty fun game padres versus mets um i know we're going to be doing power rankings here lineups and rotations american league and national league but since you brought up the padres and mets do you have a favorite first half storyline or anything that's really kept your interest that you've watched so far from the first half that's you I know think- it could be non-padres too oh yeah of course i mean for the padres it's been manny machado and it's been the fact that he really stepped up and has been like that MVP candidate. And we've kind of been waiting for years. Is Machado going to have that like just world beating season? He's having a great season. Maybe he's not going to have the world beating season that maybe he might've had uh, when he was younger and maybe his defensive stats were a little bit better and whatnot. But bottom line, that's been a blast to watch uh, for sure. And then Mackenzie Gore was a blast to watch for a while. And I still think that he's, I'm, I'm hopeful that he's not hitting that rookie wall, but I think I think those are the top two. And then otherwise, it's like a a plethora of like random little things. I'm enjoying the kind of just the back and forthness of the Philadelphia Phillies. I okay. like this whole nobody knows what to think of that team. I, I personally think that they're good. I think that they're just that Harper injury just murdered them. And I think that um, also the Mariners thing. I think that that's kind of the. Mm-hmm. The common take for a lot of people with Julio Rodriguez and that whole team kind of turning it around. Uh, they beat my team before the All-Star break. I know that, which was not very fun. Um, but just in terms of uh, how can you not roof them? They're basically the the Chicago Cubs of modern day MLB, right? They haven't been in the playoffs in the longest time. So it's an impossible team to root against right now. So I very much have enjoyed that. And also, um, what's his face? Our boy Robbie Ray turning it around. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> our boy so Robbie fun. Ray. <laughs> He's finally heating up the Mariners rotation, which might crack our rotation rankings later in the pod, maybe. But yeah, I think all those storylines you've said, I probably agree with, with the most part, the Mariners. They've they've been kind of more interesting recently during this win streak. They probably weren't too interesting the first couple months of the season, unless it was 
you know, why are the Mariners not reaching their expectations? Something like that. Manny Machado, of course, he's having a great season. Um, I know you probably said he was going to be your MVP probably a couple months ago. Right now, that's probably not the case, I'm guessing. Um, because for me, one of the big storylines I've watched this season, that's kind of annoying from a D-backs perspective. It's just the freaking, it's not even a revitalization because he's been good the last couple mm-hmm. of years, but just the re-reemergence of Paul Goldschmidt. I don't know, because he seemed mm-hmm. to re-enter the limelight. After coming off like really good back-to-back seasons with the Cardinals, this year he's just taken it to another level and he's just entered that MVP conversation so for as a D-backs fan when I watch the Carson Kellys of the in the Luke Weavers of the world and I just suppose that with Paul Goldschmidt and what he's doing because I think also looking at that all-star game there's like four or five former D-backs out there with the Goldschmidts and the JD Martinez's and you're just like man what if right what if if the D-back just kept these guys what the team could have been so um those are probably some of the storylines I just feel like like that's the thing with baseball. Like there, you kind of just have to like manufacture your own storylines. Like there's not really any player drama. Like we got the Juan Soto thing going on right now, but outside of that, it's like what Aaron judge and his contract stuff. It's like Shohei Otani and trout and the angels always seeming to struggle. But I feel like the storylines aren't that great. The Phillies are probably an interesting storyline just because there's such like a mismatch pash of cast and characters and just an odd fit. But they had also just so much talent, so much offensive talent that they added during this offseason, even though they didn't all fit together you know on paper you're like this lineup is going to be great and can match its way to a, a lot of runs you're just wondering about the defensive perspective of it so I do like the Phillies team I just wonder um like Bryce Harper's injury like you mentioned and how well can that defense hold up once you get to the postseason but I do think the Phillies are a pretty interesting team but I just think I, I just think that's a big thing in baseball that we need just more storylines and narratives overall just because I don't think we have enough of those yeah absolutely man and and for me I've also Another thing that I've enjoyed is Buck Showalter uh, of the New York Mets. Um, I've obviously adored my manager, Bob Melvin, but I've enjoyed the Showalter memeage. I've enjoyed the evil look that he Mm. gives when players are getting hit. And it's interesting because, and I've said this on the podcast before, that like baseball is the type of sport where, you know, first of all, the Mets have been hit more than any other team in the league by a significant amount when it comes to their batters. And they even got one hit at the All-Star game with Jeff McNeil, which was just very like, of course, it's it's baseball's the type of sport where the culture would be very it would not surprise me. I, I, I got to be careful with how I phrase it, but it wouldn't surprise uh-huh. me. Here's my hot take of the day. Here we go. Here we go. It wouldn't surprise me if teams were annoyed that the Mets were annoyed about getting hit by pitches. So they started to actually hit them intentionally. I know that sounds extremely galaxy brain, Scientological, you know, outkick y, uh, whatever f- ridiculous way of Q- uh, QAnon type of way of thinking, but uh, baseball and on, I guess you could say. I can't think, I can't think of a, a, a good um, pun for that, but yeah, that that is my take. It would not surprise me. I'm not saying that's what's going on, but at some level, I do wonder, like, how does it keep happening to this team? Our team's annoyed that they're, we're not hitting you intentionally. Now we're going to show you what an intentional hit looks like. Because let's be fair, baseball culture has always been weird and largely pretty dumb and trivial. So it would not surprise me if this is the latest in that kind of uh, bundle of nonsense. No, it wouldn't be surprising. I mean, baseball, these guys will hold grudges for months. You'll wait for, you'll wait to throw a ball at the other team's best player when you had a scuffle yeah. like three months earlier in the season. Like baseball players and not even players, it's like the managers and the coaches, a lot of times I hold these grudges, which is really weird because they're like, hey, don't bat flip on a home run, but go ahead and beam the other player's best player in the head. Like that's okay with your fastball. So yeah, just, right. uh, 
the the yeah. culture of baseball is pretty weird um from that perspective javi and i will talk about the possibility of juan soto to the san diego padres but if you want to own a juan soto card the best place to do that is the sports card investor app because welcome to the world of sports cards reimagine the sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource quickly check the value of your favorite cards find great deals and profit from the hobby you love available completely free in the google play and apple app stores the sports card investor app is a must-have for baseball fans it's completely free browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week check the latest values of your favorite cards with seven day or 30 day charts find the best prices and buy directly through the app with our ebay deals feature Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. I, you know, I think everyone's doing a lot of Juan Soto talks and rumors and trade destinations. Do you have a favorite team that you would want to see? I mean, I'm sure the Padres, of course, but mm-hmm. are there any other teams? Because I brought up the Padres. I thought that'd be a fun team with Machado, Tatis, and yeah. Soto, of course, as the, your trio for the future. Um, for me, my favorite team besides the Padres would be not Dodgers. Um, okay. In all seriousness. That's what Lindsay said to you yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it, in all seriousness. If the Dodgers were to trade for Juan Soto, I will actually be like zero, like maybe only 5% mad at them. And the reason why is because I'll be more mad at the rest of baseball that continually for some reason. And this is in the case of, and this is in the case of trading and he still has two and a half years left. All right. Maybe there's some under the the table stuff that if you trade for him, he's going to want to have a, but this isn't the NBA, so I, I have my suspicions with that, right? Where guys, the NBA could be like, I ain't playing, and that would actually like work. You know what I mean? That's not gonna yeah. really like work in like Harden baseball, yeah, like Harden and stuff <laughs> like that. Ben Simmons, all these guys, right? But my thing is, I would only be like five percent upset with them. I would be looking around the league and saying, I just because if the Dodgers do do it, it's not like the Dodgers have th- that their top level of their system. I know there's like Billy Martins or whatever the heck, whatever that guy's name is. Um, and Miguel Vargas, like they have prized prospects, but there are some other top level prospects throughout baseball. And as I mentioned in my episode, talking about the Juan Soto trade and whether or not the Padres should do it, these trades almost never for superstars. And you've talked about this too, net back an equal package that we always yeah. do these mock trades where it's like, here's what the Padres have to give up. Abrams, Hassel, James Wood, um, Gore, Abrams, and uh, they have to send a fruit basket and also tickets to Secret Wars when it comes out in 2028. And then also uh, a sneak peek at Avatar 2. And then also like it, it that never happens. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a trade like we, we thought. Hey, we thought that the Scherzer trade last year would probably cost a pretty penny. And it's not that it didn't cost anything for the Dodgers, but the fact that they also got Trey Turner from that deal. Keep it Ruiz is like fine, I guess. It was kind of like the prize part of that package, but that's that's basically what I'm saying where it's rarely that. So for me, in theory, I actually think that the pool of teams that could trade for him is actually a lot bigger 
than just us looking on MLB.com and saying, oh, well, this is the amount of top prospects, so only this team could do it. You can't tell me that the Cardinals couldn't do it. You can't tell me that the Mariners couldn't. You can't tell me that the Braves couldn't. Like, I just genuinely believe, and I know the Braves just trade for Matt Olson, but I think my you get my point. Uh, I think that yeah. there's a lot more teams out there that could do it. You know, that's how I feel. I feel like the Nationals are probably going to mess up this deal and probably get fleeced in a Juan Soto trade because, like you said, usually the net return you get back is never that good. I mean, look at Nolan Arenado and all those deals recently that we've seen. They haven't been that great. And if I'm the Nationals, like, do I want to give the Dodgers just another star uh, player for my system? I mean, they did it last year, right? Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, do you want to go back-to-back seasons where you just give them your top three players off your roster? Like Mike Rizzo, he's a sleeper agent. I said this a year and a half ago. I called it. I was like, guys, he is a sleeper agent for the Dodgers. And look what's happening right now. If he goes to the Dodgers, I'm going to retweet my own tweet and everything. I'm going to be like, look, I, I told y'all he's a sleeper agent. And sometimes that happens every now and then throughout baseball and sports. But uh, yeah, the Nationals the reprehensible. Yeah. Yeah. The Nationals are like a feeder team, basically, for the Dodgers. Yeah. But that's like they won. Said. Right. So they have an excuse to be like, well, we won the title. Mm-hmm. We won in 2019. So we're good. It's all good. You know what I mean? Like, we don't care if uh, we have these bloated albatross contracts. um, And we'll see, uh, I guess, how it all transpires. I will say most overrated storyline we've had. Oh, I like this. Enough with the private planes. You know what I mean? Enough. Enough. (laughs) Enough. First of all, enough with rich gajillionaires flying, flying private planes to, like, a place that takes three minutes to get to. Right? Enough of that, just in general. Shout out Kylie Jenner. But for this case, with with so it's is it petty? Yes. I thought it was funny. Personally, like that was my reaction. I was like, this is funny. Juan Soto is making a good amount of money. He can afford to do a private thing or he could fly commercial. What is this Toy Story 2 and he's flying in the luggage? Relax. And then three, Scott Boris could do it. Like, I, so there's just a lot of, don't get me wrong, the Nationals are petty as hell. Like, <laughs> like they are. And it's whack, right? We talked about this with the uh, Oakland A's and, and and Blackburn, right? Like, it was the same sort of thing. But the A's, it's very, like, that's classic A's. You're literally yeah. reliving that scene in Moneyball when they says, I got to pay $4 for soda or whatever. Um, yeah. But for this, it's like, enough. I've heard enough of this. And the second thing I'll say is, he stinks, but I need everyone to realize that Rob Badford is excellent at his job mm. for a certain specific group of people. This is the uh, take right here that we needed. Yeah. Rob Manfred's excellent, excellent at his job. Ooh. Oh, he's excellent at his job. He's bet. He's Ooh. great. He's great. And the reason he's great is because, and don't get me wrong, I think that actually baseball does a better job of its fan base and its media culture actually critiquing owners more than, say, the NFL that Mm -hmm. love to destroy Goodell every single year for good reason. But then they ignore like all these other players and look what the Houston Texans have been doing. Right. We've been following the Sean Watson case. Mm. I think uh, Rob Manfred has been kind of been amazing at just being the figurehead and the target um, for fans ire everywhere. I, I will say that the lockout was bad, but I also think that, Guys, we missed like spring training games. You know what I'm saying? Like the lockout wasn't actually this disastrous thing in terms of fan perspective. I'm not talking about the people actually affected and jobs and whatnot. But as a fan thing, guys, 
you miss spring training who cares like relax i don't know why i got into a soapbox mode you gotta save me before i say something i regret miller come on give me give me some spice of your own because i know you're a spice master <laughs> well do we feel like we as fans from the perspective we're only okay with the lockout because it ended quickly would you be having the same energy toward rob manfred if the lockout actually went in toward the season let's say we missed the first three months of major league baseball and we had another shortened year which i actually like i didn't mind the 60 game season but that oh, scenario happened, would you awesome, yeah, it was awesome. Like, like, we're all in favor of cutting games over here, making a shorter season. Like, that was a phenomenal mm. time. But would you have the same energy for Manfred if you missed the first three months of this Padres season? No, because that's, like, actually affecting the season, I think. And okay. in a, in a that's way, fair. that's a little bit more substantial. And saying the last time Major League Baseball had a strike, which is a point a lot of people have brought up, that, like, their audience dipped massively. And then the steroid era had to bring it back, right? That if that were to happen again, if you were to see a drop off, especially with all the momentum they had, at least in terms of talent, then yes, I think that would be bad overall. He's not as, I'd say Goodell is better at his job than Manfred in terms of the being the, the targeting practice that just kind of shields from the owners because he's just had a lot of slip ups, Rob Manfred, like with the recent thing about minor league wages. Yeah. It's, but I think he want to understand he's, things. yeah. He says a lot of really publicly bad things. I didn't care about the piece of metal comment from back in 2020. I thought everyone was overreacting. Um, and granted, that could just be the echo chamber I'm stuck in on Twitter. Like, yeah, it was dumb, but I'm not like mad at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's some things where, like, guys, you can't actually be this pissed off about it. Like, if you're was a player, lying? totally cool. But it's just like, relax, guys. You know what I mean? A little bit. I, I don't know. I don't know. Was but, he lying? Yeah. It was a piece of metal. Was, I mean, it he, was, it was, but actually it's, true. It's just a dumb thing to say. It's dumb. It's dorky. And it's kind of like. <sighs> yeah, I, I typically don't have many. Uh, this is might be the first Rob Manford conversation I might have ever had on the podcast. I don't really. I don't, yeah, I don't have too many of them. Just because I'm not too concerned with the MLB commissioner overall. Like, obviously, like things with the Astros cheating scandal people had like a big deal with. But most of the yeah. times, like with commissioners and stuff, like it's going to be hit or miss. Like they're just there to do whatever the owners say anyway. Like they're just yeah. like a messenger basically for these owners. They just carry their yeah. water. So most of the time it's like, I don't know how much anger I could really have toward the commissioner because at the end of the day, they're just a shield, like you said, for the owners and they're just doing what yeah. they say. So most of my anger and irate is more toward the owners than Rob Manfred himself or just commissioners in general. Yeah. Unless you're Roger Goodell and just handing down suspension to Saints, Bounty Gate stuff, winning football. You're just there to hit people anyway. So why are we getting suspended when people get knocked out of games? Oh, 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 that's the hot take now, there Miller. for you. Careful <laughs> now, Miller. I don't know about that one, man. But that's a no, hot take. We're trying to hurt you on every play already in football. So what's different <laughs> if I put a little money on it now? Okay. It. Stop. All it. right. Stop it. I'm not trying to get canceled. I, I do not endorse that specific message. But no, I've I, heard I, other players talk about it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm okay to double down on it. But you go, go ahead. That's a that's a side football talk. We won't even get into that. I will say that just with the baseball, like it is true that. I think that he's that baseball is also in a different situation than football, right? Uh, but it's it's they're largely target practice. I mean, in the major league baseball, like one of the shortest tenures a commissioner has ever had. I am blanking on his name. This is probably not this shows you I wasn't prepared, but the shortest tenure a commissioner has ever had is because the guy went after George Steinbrenner. And it's like, well, yeah, if you you guys have to understand these, these they can't really go after the people that they're essentially no, that's their for. boss. <laughs> so yeah, like it's and that's what happened. And then he was out and then we brought in uh, some other a questionable lad in the name of Bud Selig. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for part two with Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. 
discussing the biggest first half disappointments. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks first listen of the day. Make it Lockdown MB your second listen of the day with my friend Paul Francis Sullivan. You know he's a walking baseball encyclopedia. And as always, remember this week, I'm taking the week off on vacation in Puerto Rico. Everything's pre-recorded. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Deuces.